hosted on dimlywit.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed Obsessed with the Best. We're two New York City gals who are bringing you the best of the best of all things beauty, wellness, and inspirational women. We've tried it all and can't wait to tell you what's worth obsessing over. Join us each week as we share our favorite products and trends and chat with leading female founders and experts. Welcome to Obsessed Obsessed with with the Best with with Alex and Tina. Tina. Hi everyone, it's Tina. Alex is out today, so I'm flying solo, but she can't wait to be back with us next week. Today I'm talking with Madison Mills, an award-winning anchor and correspondent for Bloomberg Quick Take. She covers live breaking news daily with a focus on health and politics. She's interviewed Dr. Anthony Fauci, Vice President Kamala Harris, Secretary Buttigieg, and Deepak Chopra, just to name a few. She's an award-winning producer and has worked as a journalist and host for both New York Magazine and the New York Times. No big deal. I'm so excited to welcome this incredible woman, my friend, Madison Mills. Hello. Hello, friend. How are you? I am I am so good. I am so thrilled that you're here. For anyone that doesn't know, Maddie and I know each other from working at Bloomberg Television. Uh, One of my many jobs that I have is as a makeup artist, as we know, and I sometimes moonlight or daylight at the (laughs) Bloomberg Television hair and makeup department. And Maddie, you're one of the first, very first people I met on my my audition day. Oh my God, I'm honored. Um, Absolutely honored. Yes. And Madison was just like this ray of sunshine, it just made it so welcoming and cause it was intimidating. It was my first TV makeup job. So you made it so welcoming and wonderful. And I've just loved getting to know you over the past few months. Oh my God. I feel, I feel the exact same way. And I also <laughs> feel so much stress for people who come in and have to audition because you have to like do your job in front of other people. And I feel like that yes. is the most stressful thing in the world. So I just have so much empathy for anyone who has to go through that. I honestly had never experienced anything like it in my life. Whereas like you go into this room where like the jobs are already happening. Right. Like, people are getting their makeup done. And then you're in that room in front of everyone else doing someone's hair and makeup. Thank God they just pick a, a PA to like come in. So it's like they don't have to go on air. So it's like oh, I didn't do a know terrible that. job. Okay. Yes, like they would never like put an actual correspondent in the chair. I mean, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? I mean, I can because you would kill it and then they would go on air and look amazing. (laughs) Well, you're too sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Well, I'm so happy you're here. We are so excited to just chat with you about you and your life. I, you're one of my favorite people. You are my favorite person. I'll say it. You're my favorite person there. I look forward to seeing you every time I'm there. I feel the same way. It is such a joy and kind of an unpaid therapy session for you. Probably (laughs) the majority of the time I get to be in your chair and you have taught me so many amazing hair and makeup tricks among other (sighs) bigger life lessons as well. Oh my God. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Um, Okay. So Maddie, tell us like what, what got you into journalism? How did you get how did you get to where you are right now? Yeah. So I always was kind of obsessed with other people's stories. Like I was very curious my entire life. Uh, and I got really lucky because my mom was the first female news director in Florida. So I kind of, I know it's crazy. So I kind of grew up with this incredible idol in my household who I could mm-hmm. look to as an example of a powerful female journalist, right? Um mm-hmm. And that combined with my extreme nosiness just kind of set me up perfectly to go into this. You know, Um, I like started a newspaper when I was in fifth grade and asked all of the like executives at our school about uniforms and how they were sexist, you know. I am dead. Wait, what was the name of the of the newspaper? I think the school was like our mascot was the Lions. So I think it was like the Lion Times. Like it was not it was not our best work, Tina. I would have I would have died to be interviewed by fifth grade Maddie Mills. I, I'm happy for you that you did not have that experience. <laughs> um but but yeah and then just from there I was I was just obsessed with stories and getting to tell other people's stories and pass the mic around, you know, like what you're oh. doing right now. Well yes, yes. And we had we had a conversation in the makeup chair 
not too long ago about about being creative and and being in the arts and this is an art form what you do it's not you know a lot of people come to new york and they they think i'm, I'm gonna be on broadway or i'm gonna be a singer i'm gonna be an actor there are so many other ways to be creative and we we shared this love for interviews and meeting people and having these conversations and telling stories which is very artistic mm-hmm. and very creative and such a nice outlet yeah. for people like us yeah it, it's you such know? a cool way i think to like remember that we all are part of this weird human condition, you know, and like, we're all Mm. constantly going through hard things and then putting our mask on to the world. And when you do an interview, you get the opportunity to ask a question so good that it makes the person take their mask off. And then you relate in such a beautiful way, you know? So I feel like that's such a beautiful way to phrase that. I've never thought of it that way. I, I mean, there's, it's hard because you don't want to make it seem like you're kind of like trauma parachuting into people. You know what I mean? Sure. But yeah, of course. but at the same time, it's like when we're all like vulnerable and share our stories, it helps other people see that and think, oh, that happened to me too. Or what, you know, whatever the case may be. Yes. Right. Totally. Totally. Okay. I want to get more back into like your interview style and, and what it's like being an actual correspondent, but what, to start to go back kind of in your Mm -hmm. history of things where did you go to school what were your first few jobs before you got to Bloomberg yeah talk us through that yeah so I went to USC and another thing that you and I share Tina is our love of the theater um yes yes. uh and I originally I got in for theater um and and I was supposed to be like on that track and then we've also talked about this auditioning Mm -hmm. is like hell on earth to me soul sucking yeah (laughs) Same, same. It's so, like, people who do that for a living are the most iconic people on the face of the earth to have the (laughs) confidence to, like, deal with that all the time. So Mm -hmm. once I got to school and realized that was the majority of the job, I was like, I got to pivot, you know? Um, Yep. And I interned in the school newsroom my first semester, and I was just obsessed with it. I loved the adrenaline rush of breaking news. I loved, again, getting to like do interviews and tell people stories and be like, this is a student on campus who I feel like hasn't gotten heard, you know? And and I mm-hmm. felt like that was just such a cool thing to get to do. Um, so from there, I just, I started, you know, doing as much journalism as I could. I also needed money in college. So I would pitch different outlets stories and I ended up working full-time for USA Today while I was in college. So that was really helpful to like jumpstart my career Mm -hmm. because when I graduated, I already had like a credit, you know? Yeah, which is huge. Yeah, Um, so I was super blessed to have that opportunity. And then I got a job in New York and I moved here the Monday after I graduated and I've been here now it's six years in the city. Oh um, my God. Yeah. And you worked for some big places when you first moved to the city. I, I started at the Times, which was again, incredibly lucky. Like I can't emphasize that enough. I had a USC professor who knew the head of video at the Times and was just like, I'll connect you, you know? And that mm-hmm. I, I so recognize how lucky I was to get like a spot in that room to get to pitch this guy on like why I should work Mm -hmm. there you know um yeah and I was also like uh, I think I was too young to be sort of embarrassed I kind of walked in and told him all the stuff I thought the times was doing wrong with video and then he hired me and I don't think I would do that now (laughs) as a strategy you know um, but yeah, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so theatrical. What you're, what you're describing is very theatrical and very much based in like improvisation and thinking on your feet mm-hmm. and having to have like this, that adrenaline rush that you're speaking of and, and, and speaking and interacting in the moment is such a theatrical thing. So you having a background in theater, I think only makes you stand out. So I'm sure this is something that these employers saw in you this brightness and this this uh, agility that you had to think on your feet well it's so interesting you say that because just the other week when I was doing a show like we lost the teleprompter which happens all the time and I was thinking of you because I had worked with you that day and I was like this is just like a show where your wig falls off or whatever and 
that's the best part because then you have to just figure it out. And that's the part that's so fun. You know, I'm sure for you when you're doing the podcast, it's like, this person isn't giving me the answers I want. What do I do? Or the Zoom fails or whatever, right? It is, there is something about thinking on your feet in the moment. Like when I'm live on stage or even when something goes wrong in the podcast, which, you know, it's again, it's it's theater or it's music or it's it's just life. Like it's nothing is that serious. So for something to, to go wrong, it's like, it's not the end of the world and it's really fun and it's sweaty and it's exciting and it's... Yeah. And, and then you get off the Zoom or you get off the stage or you, you get off the set and you're like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted yeah. because you're using every single facet of your brain and your body to, like, be present yeah. for for this thing. And, and not everybody can do that. Yeah, that is so real. Like the first year that I anchored every day after work, I was just like dead completely have you built sort of a stamina now do you have a stamina for for that or do you still get just exhausted at the end of the week I I think that now I I'm so lucky to have the other anchors at Bloomberg who've like taught me tips and tricks for getting that stamina you know and it's Mm -hmm. like anything it's the reps right like I'm sure with your solo show when you go on a run where you do it every night yes yes that helps right totally Totally. That makes a lot of sense. If you're doing it more, you kind of get into a a rhythm. So was there anything that like you really had to study or work on? Because you you are so naturally good at at thinking on your feet and and being bright and bubbly and and intelligent. (laughs) Was there anything that that really or some sort of advice from your fellow anchors Mm. that was really helpful that or things feedback that you got that you needed to work on? I think that the biggest thing at Bloomberg is that it's all sort of unscripted live TV, which is very different from a lot of other networks. So, you know, typically if I would do a pre-recorded interview for, for most newsrooms, you would like book the interview. Let's say you'd have like 30 minutes with someone and then you'd edit that down, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. At Bloomberg, it's not like that. You do a live interview with someone for five to 10 minutes. So every word really matters. And that was a big learning curve for me because I was used to kind of like, well, if I don't get them to say the soundbite that I need in the first couple questions, that's okay. I can get it out of them over the course of 30 minutes. Now I have to spend like pretty much the whole work day what I'm focused on is drafting the questions in a way where like, I'm looking up every interview that person has ever done to find out what their go-to talking points are. And maybe I can say something in the question like, hey, CEO, I know you're going to say that you can't talk about Amazon being your biggest competitor. I know you can't go there, but what's the single biggest thing you bring to the table that a company like an Amazon does not you know? Um, mm-hmm. like getting that specific and granular, even that we could make more specific, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was the biggest learning curve for sure. Well, and you make it look so easy because I, Alex and I, we, you know, we've started interviewing these incredible women like yourself yeah. and it really is, I mean, we do a lot of research. We, we, a part of our job is researching the person and and creating an outline and looking at their talking points and mm-hmm. and we actually you know discussed with you a little bit our our outline of, of questions and we have a, an idea of what we want to talk about but we also want it to look really natural and like it's a conversation and have a conversation and I think that a lot of times we don't realize how much work goes into an interview yeah um everything you're saying it's just like oh my god yes yes so what are what are your tips for a great interview. I'm, I'm glad I'm asking this at the top of the interview. So hopefully I can, inter- I can implement it throughout oh my the God. rest of our No, you've already, you've already done it. And I admire what you and Alex do so much because in some ways, I think I can learn from being more conversational and, you know, jumping in with a personal anecdote from time to time. Like that's okay too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It totally just depends on the format and the audience and all of Although that. Although you've said before that you there's a fine line of sorry we'll go back yeah. to that that question about tips but there's a fine line of as an anchor you can't really get into your personal opinions right because yes. like here we can speak freely we can say whatever we want we can whatever but so what what is it like working within that structure and what can you explain a little bit more for our listeners what that means for you totally so 
I have had to work really hard on not oversharing any personal beliefs I might have about a given story. And that is, that's a struggle for me for sure. You know, um, especially because, you know, I, it's our generation. Like we're constantly sharing how we feel about every news event on our Instagram stories every single day, Mm -hmm. you know? And so my, my co-anchor told me this when I started and it was such, I thought it was such good advice. She was like, you can't pretend to be somebody else when you're live for two hours. If you're only on TV for two minutes, maybe you can, but if it's two hours, you're going to reveal your true self over time. And Mm -hmm figuring out how to be me, but not say something that would, you know, alienate some viewers or just like not be ethical journalistically um, has, has been a tightrope for, for me to walk. And I've kind of, I, I still have a lot of work to do on that, but the way that I've tried to improve is by just being as prepped as I can be with data and facts on those stories that I am really emotionally impacted by, you know, like I've got my go-to stats on abortion. I've got my go-to stats on gerrymandering in the U S you know, and that way when that part of my brain that wants to say something about a topic goes off during a live show, I can go back to the data and that's that's a safe space, you know? That's actually like a really good thing just for in life. Like always go back to the facts, always go back to the facts. And it kind of brings you back to the root of the issue or the root of the whatever you're discussing. Yeah. I mean, that has to be so hard because you're you're a TV personality. And, you know, what I know when I watch the news and when I'm watching Bloomberg or, or the Today Show mm-hmm. and I'm seeing these people, I feel like I know them and they're yeah. my friends and they're in my they're in my home. But you're right. I. There's not a lot of room for self-expression within the dialogue of what you're saying. Totally. And, and, you know, I'll do a lot of talking about like my poor boyfriend. I like constantly am just airing (laughs) out any issue that we have live um, because that's that's a safe area to plan, you know, where I can joke about living in a fifth floor walk up, things like that. I'll always work in to be a little bit more relatable, you know, especially anytime I interview um, like a CEO of a Shopify or any company that's related to online shopping, I'm like, I have an addiction to online shopping. And and then (laughs) that's where we start the interview, you know? Because that's a fact and you're allowed to say that, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. As long as it's true. And not opinion. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So who... Who's one of your favorite people? You, I mean, I, I read before you hopped on here a, a list of, of amazing people that you've interviewed. The vice president, um, Deepak Chopra. Who's your favorite person that you've ever interviewed? You know, I I have to say it's not like any of the names. You know, my favorite thing I've ever, my favorite story I've ever done is this documentary I did when I worked at New York Mag about a group of high school students from Parkland, which is the high school uh, where there was a shooting on Valentine's Day in, I want to say 2018. Um, And I interviewed four girls who worked on the yearbook staff, and they totally threw out their yearbook and redid it to dedicate the book to the students who had been killed that day. And like, I I still keep in touch with those girls. I helped them write their college essays for their, you know, college applications. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that those are the ones that like stick with you way more than, than the right. kind of gets, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, some of our, we've had some great, amazing, I mean, all of our interviews have just been wonderful because we only have people that we absolutely are obsessed with. Yeah. But I, we, we've had some surprising guests too, where, you know, yeah. we, we, don't really anticipate, you know, loving them as we, we already love them. But then we're like, oh, my God, wait, no, but you're awesome. This, totally. is, this is so cool and yes. relatable. Yes. Um, that's that's amazing. So, yeah. OK, to get back into back to you, back to you and, and <laughs> you as a person, you're a public person. You're on TikTok. You're doing lives. You're working for Bloomberg Quick Take. You, mm-hmm. Your your face is out there. Mm-hmm. Have you dealt with any scrutiny of your looks, your hair, the way your makeup is on, 
I mean, hopefully not your makeup. Never the makeup on doing days it. <laughs> when, when Tina works with me. Never. <laughs> but are, in, in the public, I mean, not not necessarily from like your bosses or anything, but from the public and in comments, have you have you dealt with any scrutiny in that in that sense? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I, I feel like you can't be a woman on video and not get just constant visual feedback, yeah. you know, and, and what's so funny is that so much of the time it's like. I've, one thing I've gotten as a recurring sort of feedback is that I'm a good weight because I'm not skinny enough to be intimidating to viewers, but I'm not big enough to be like unattractive, you know, and that that has come up a lot. Um, <laughs> like more than more once than that one. has come up? Yeah, more than once. Whoa. Um, but I mean, this is like women who are on TV deal with so much worse than that all the time. You know, I mean, it's, it's gotten so much better in so many ways. Like when I talk to the anchors of Bloomberg who've been doing this for decades, the stories they mm-hmm. tell me, I'm like, I would have, I would have been out, you know, I could have, I could have yeah. never dealt with that. So it's, it's gotten so much better, but there's so much, there's so much left to, to improve on. How do you, how do you, deal with that mentally and how do you protect yourself from I mean falling down a rabbit hole of of deep despair and self-sabotage <laughs> right I know I mean do you have any advice you're like well I don't know I'm I'm currently spiraling as we speak <laughs> everything's terrible <laughs> I mean I like I I'm a big therapy girl I love therapy yes um we love therapy here we love therapy and uh you know, I just remember that, like, I have a really good group chat of other journalists who went to USC with me, and we're all constantly, like, pasting in a comment from someone on Twitter who said something about us, you know, and just reminding ourselves that it's almost, it it makes it feel like a robot at at a certain point, because it's so copy-paste, the same feedback for every single one of us. Um, that you just remember that that's not that's not real life, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's great. I mean, know. to to my therapist always says to think of it like any kind of scrutiny or any issue as like a little text bubble in like the the world of your of your life, and be like, okay, it's like a little text bubble. Like, how much does that affect my my whole life, my whole picture? If it's just like this one little thing happening up here, that's one person's opinion or one person's thought, and it's like, oh, it doesn't doesn't really affect me that much. Okay, I bye. love that so much. Right. Like it's a text bubble. You know? I'm just going to simply exactly. turn the page. Just like, okay, yeah, bye. Yeah. I love that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you know Tina and I, you know that we love therapy. We honestly don't even know how we would have gotten through the last two years without our weekly therapy sessions. BetterHelp offers easy, affordable, and convenient access to therapy. First of all, you don't even have to do any of the research, which can be the hardest part because they do that work for you. They will literally match you with a therapist in under 48 hours. Second, you don't even have to leave your home because BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat sessions. Honestly, it's always a good time to invest in yourself and in your mental health, so give it a try. And see for yourself why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. We have a special offer just for our Obsessed listeners. For 10% off your first month of professional virtual therapy, go to betterhelp.com slash obsessed. That's betterhelp.com slash obsessed. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. We are sponsored by Ombre Lab. Are you struggling with bloating, moodiness, constipation, or weight gain, and you just can't figure out why? Well, the answer could literally be in your gut. Your gut contains trillions of bacteria, both good and bad. And when your body doesn't have enough of the good bacteria, the bad bacteria flourishes. When this happens, it can cause all kinds of symptoms. Ombre Labs makes it really easy to check on your gut health by offering an at-home test that can measure your bacteria levels. The test will ship right to your door with easy 
you to follow instructions, and then when you get your results, they'll give you a detailed breakdown of your gut bacteria, let you know what foods to eat more or less of, plus you can get personalized probiotics to heal your gut with a subscription. I've done the test myself, and personally, it was the easiest thing ever. No doctor's appointments, no scheduling when you can get to the office. They send everything right to you, and then you just pop it back into the mail, and you get your results. So if you want to start feeling better, visit tryombre.com obsessed to get $30 off of your test. That's T-R-Y-O-M-B-R-E dot com slash obsessed for $30 off. Thank you to Ombre Labs for sponsoring this podcast. Can you walk us through, I mean, we know that as a news anchor, you've got crazy hours. You work all the time because the news, the news stops for no one. <laughs> yeah, the news Tina. is 24 hours a day. Um, what... Can you take us through a day in your life? What is a day in your life, a day that you're you're working? Yeah, yeah. Well, from waking up to sundown. Hopefully, it's a day where I get to see you, ideally. Oh, um, always. But I I'm really lucky that I'm in the evening. So my day is so much easier than most, most anchors. <laughs> I wake up at like 8. Um, I immediately check Twitter. So I'm sure that's great for my mental health. Uh, mm. and, and I kind of start drafting out a list of top stories of the day. Um, and then I email those to kind of the production team. So my co-anchor, my executive producer and our senior producers. And then we go into the office. We have a meeting, just us, that core group around 10 to go over all the stories my executive producer will have his own ideas about what he wants to cover. My co-anchor will have stories she wants to cover and we decide what the hour long show is gonna look like and which stories are gonna make the cut. Um, and then we decide which guests we wanna have on for each of those stories um, that day. So typically it's like six guests for the show. So we then go out and book for the next hour. And then at 11 a.m. we pitch the show to like the higher ups um, at Bloomberg and make sure that they like the show. Uh, and then I go to hair and makeup and hopefully get to sit with Tina and, and then you're just prepping for the show all day. And then at five o'clock you, you do it. Oh my God. Okay. I'm so glad that you went through that. Cause I actually didn't know what your schedule was and I didn't, I, I'm always so curious, like, are you just kind of like constantly prepping to have, but no, it's like every day is a new show yeah. and it's, it's all in one day one day's time totally and, and sometimes you know like there are like abortion is going to be a story for a long time right so we're always kind of source building and like having phone calls with providers and building those relationships for you know a special episode or whatever but a lot of it is also like crash and burn day of just getting stuff wow. on the air whatever you can and you're working from the moment you wake up until the end of your show. Yes, but what's amazing about it is this is a job where you can't have homework because the show ends at six right. and like you don't know what the news is going to be until the next day, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really good point. Yes. Yeah, so it's not like you can be like, I'll just get to this later. It's like, yeah. nope, you wake up and it's like, that's when it starts. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a huge procrastinator. Wow. So this is like excellent. I know you're a Sagittarius. So like, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's oh impossible. So I need like a fire deadline or else I'll never do anything in my life. Me too. <laughs> Alex actually teases me sometimes. She's like, nothing like wait until the last minute. I'm like, that's me. Cause she's like so on it. And like, so she gets things done so quickly and ahead of time. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait until the last possible minute yeah. that I could maybe kind of squeeze this. In. Cause I don't, I don't know if it's the adrenaline. Is it the adrenaline that we love? I feel like for me, because I'm a Pisces, so everything is like an emotional undertone. I feel like for me, I'm like doubting my ability to do it. And then at the last second, I'm like, well, now I just have to fucking do it. You know? <laughs> so then I finally. That actually really resonates. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like total imposter syndrome up until the last minute when it's like you have no other choice. Right. You got to let it go and just do it. Because, cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> wow. What's Alex's um, sign? Do you mind me asking? She's also a Sagittarius. Oh, interesting. Yes, but she. But I'm sag. I'm Sagittarius Scorpio cusp. I'm the first day of Sagittarius, and then she's December, beginning of December. So she's Sagittarius. Like she's right in the thick of Sagittarius. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, but I she's know. more like Type A. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we bow. I mean, we, we really do balance each other out. Great. But like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that this, this whole zoom hasn't just like exploded without her because I'm, just, I'm the one that just kind of flies in at the last minute yeah. and I'm like sitting down. I'm always late and like putting my lipstick on and, and Alex no, literally all the like things. I, the second before this, I was like, Oh, let me throw cool. away all my laundry in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. I like literally have to take off my sweater cause I'm, I'm sweating, up. but I love it. <laughs> yes. But I'm loving this. Um, Okay, Maddie, what has been, I want to go back to your career, always back to your amazing career. What has been like, can you give us a rose and a thorn Mm. of your career? Yeah, the rose is honestly the, I I do feel like I'm so privileged to get to do this job because of the stuff that I just like get to do is so fun, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Yes. When I was at New York Mag, I did a video series where I just tried different jobs and I got a private audition for a Broadway show. Like, that's crazy. Wait, you know what? Um, I auditioned. Which show? The uh, Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Uh, oh, my God. Like my How dream have I show. I told you this because you are perfect for that role. I am dying. I should have proactively Wait. known you existed and brought you with me to shoot that video damn it okay wait is this video in existence i need to see this it's in existence um i mean it was not you know my finest journalistic hour but it it was more of an entertainment series but um you know like that stuff is cool you know and like yes i get to email dr fauci and be like i don't understand what's going on with the booster strategy in the u.s can you explain this to me and i that's i don't take that lightly the like ability to get to ask those questions is just so I I really love that yeah that's amazing yeah what's the what's the hardest part of your of your job what are some challenges it's hard to not see senior women at the top of a lot of the big newsrooms in the U.S. that's still a challenge um you know, again, just based on like my group chat with my six best female friends in this industry we all deal with issues of, you know, bias against women in newsrooms. Um, Harassment in newsrooms is something that a lot of my friends and I have dealt with. Like those issues are still totally there. And I think this industry, because I guess it kind of aligns with theater in a way, like the hours are crazy. There's a lot of like post-show drinking you know um mm-hmm. and so it can I mean it, it's based on like talent and casting in a lot of ways so all of those power dynamics can sometimes make for for a toxic vibe yeah because you have very big creative personalities yeah yeah and so it, it can be very dramatic I I would assume yeah and, and you know you're you're pitching yourself to be you know, like when you apply for a job, you are applying as like you being the person who delivers the news. You know what I mean? Like it's so, yeah, you're, it's so personal. You're the CEO. Like you're the face of your own company. Like you're, it's all you out there. You can't like hide behind any other thing or business or, or name. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's putting you out there. And that's also like beyond that, I, you said imposter syndrome earlier, like I've so dealt with that. And I, every time I do a panel for college students or whatever, they always ask me about that. And I'm always like, yep, I still, I still got it. Like, I I don't pretend to have like answered that question for myself at all, you know? Right. Totally. So in that, in that sort of same vein of like being a woman in the workplace Mm -hmm. and things, you know, yes, things have progressed a lot. Great. Mm -hmm. We're, but we're not quite there yet. The woman in the workplace is still not making the same amount as a man in in the same job. I, you know, Alex and I talk about this a lot on the on the podcast. We're both freelancers. We're artists. We're constantly having to negotiate for ourselves, um, which is my least favorite thing to do. Yeah. What are some tips, or what can you tell us about uh, salary negotiations, advocating for yourself in the workplace, and 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 being a woman in a male dominated industry. Yeah, yeah. So for salary specifically, the biggest thing that I think we can do is as hard as it is in the moment, get the other person to say the number first, no matter what. So like cuz you don't know what a, what their 
band is for for what they're willing to pay until you hear it from them right so mm-hmm. um in a more corporate setting right if you go to hr and they're like yeah so what are you thinking for for you know your salary requirement you might say back to them i'd love to get an understanding from you about what the salary band for this position looks like you know and, and how that relates to my experience before we continue the conversation, you know, and that's totally fine to like put it back on them. Because another thing I always think about is if you say your number, like, let's say you got offered 100k for, you know, a job, or or you said to a recruiter, 100k would feel right to me. And they say, great, that sounds good. Then you know that you messed up. Because if they're happy about it and say yes, right away, you could have gotten maybe 20k more, you know, Um, do you feel like that's something that freelancers would be able to do? Like, are you able to say to clients who reach out to you, you know, well, what's your budget for, for makeup for this shoot? Yes. Yes. There is definitely that more often than not, uh, folks are reaching out saying, we've got a very small budget. This is what we can offer you. Or what's the lowest you can go? Um, Or sometimes people just say, you know, what are your rates? And Mm -hmm. I give my rates and and it's about 50-50. Some people say, mm-hmm. okay, that, that's what I've heard in the industry. Got it. Other people say, those are too high for me. I can't do that. Um, and then I have the occasional person that's like, could you do it for less? And my answer used to be, well, yeah, let me see if I can work something out. And now my answer is is no, because you, know, you wouldn't walk into a, a hair salon and ask the hairstylist after she's just done your hair if she could give you a cheaper haircut. Do you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't negotiate with a corporation. You wouldn't negotiate with anyone else. So why, why do we feel like we can negotiate with freelancers when it comes to our, are the things that we're offering? Yes. Yes. That is so true. And it's also like, then maybe you can't seek out this service. Unfortunately, if you can't pay the person the value that they are worth. Exactly. You know, maybe you have to do your own makeup. For the shoot, you know, yeah, yes, and that's, that's bad. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, and I feel like also for you, what I can imagine would be so hard is that you have to give yourself a raise, you know, like inflation, which is such an annoying word, is about seven to eight percent. So ideally, your rates would also go up seven to eight percent, which must. I can like that would make me so uncomfortable to have to do that myself. So I like can't imagine having to go through that, Tito. Well, I saw this meme or this thing or this whatever TikTok or something that it was like, okay, inflation has gone up seven to eight percent. So if you haven't raised your rates or your boss hasn't given you a seven to eight percent increase in your your pay, you've you've then taken a pay decrease. Yeah, of I mean, like let's say you know typically let's say you get like a 3% raise, you've still gotten a pay cut year over year because everything is so expensive, you know? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's really hard. I mean, one thing that I've had friends of mine do if they have any expendable income is to get a financial advisor who will tell them, Hey, you need to up your rates. And if that's what you need to like, feel comfortable doing it, then I think it's worth that initial investment, if that's something people have the funding to be able to do, you know? I have to take a quick break to talk about just how much I love plant people. They make CBD products, but not just CBD products. These are CBD products formulated by actual doctors. So along with CBD, these mushrooms, gummies, lotions, and tinctures also have other ingredients that your body really, really needs for optimal health. Right now, I'm really obsessed with their relief drops, which are CBD drops you put under your tongue for 30 seconds in the morning, but there's also turmeric in these drops, which is a really great anti-inflammatory. So you can use these drops when you have cramps or a hangover, an injury, a migraine, you name it. I actually take them every day. I'm also absolutely in love with the Relief Cooling Advanced Recovery Body Cream. It is a body cream that feels a little cool on the skin and it gives you quick relief for any sort of achy muscles. Along with CBD, it has turmeric, again, for an anti-inflammatory, plus arnica and menthol. It's this perfect cooling and soothing formula of potent botanicals for immediate and long-lasting relief anywhere in your body. So... 
For 15% off your first plant people order, use code obsessed at checkout or just scroll on down and tap the plant people link in the show notes for this episode. So I've been wanting to join the clean beauty movement and start buying safer products. But as a makeup artist, I have a really high standard for my beauty products and I just won't buy something that doesn't actually work. I don't know how Beauty Counter does it, but they are a clean beauty brand certified by the Environmental Working Group and their products truly perform. Currently, I'm loving the Counter Control Instant Matte Toner. It's perfect for sensitive skin. It's alcohol-free, so it's not going to dry you out and it's mattifying. I love it. Beauty Counter is also female-founded, which you know we love. If you'd like to shop some clean beauty with Obsessed with the Best, go to beautycounter.com obsessed. Now, you don't have to shop Beauty Counter with us, but if you do, we can answer all of your questions about what to buy, and we like to send free beauty goodies as a thank you. So, that's beautycounter.com obsessed. Happy shopping, and for more details, scroll down to the bottom of the show notes for this episode. Well, speaking of investments, oh, God. Um, you well, you recently interviewed um, Sally Krawcheck. She's the CEO and founder of Elvest, which Alex uses and loves. Um, oh, cool. I've been with I've been with Edward Jones for years and years and years. My dad was a stockbroker, so I've always had my investments sort of taken care of. But Elvest is such an amazing, uh, approachable way to invest. Um, and from that interview, or, or from what you've learned, like how can we as women, especially get the most out of our investments? And, and what are some key takeaways from that interview with Sally? Oh my gosh, yes. Well, she is an absolute icon. We talked to her because uh, she raised $51 million for LFS, which is just an insane amount of money. Um, what I loved about that interview, she was someone who we got to be super honest. And she ended up telling us that the hardest people to pitch for funding are women because some of the women who have that kind of capital millions of dollars are like, listen, hon, I had to work so hard to get to a place where I have money and it's too big of a risk to bet it on another woman right now. It's too big of a risk. And that like, I had a feeling that was a thing in funding, but I'd never heard someone at her caliber, at her level. She has such a proven track record of success. I'd never had someone at that level tell me that, you know, women still struggled to invest in her. So I thought that was sad and, and fascinating. Um, in terms of investment advice for us, two of the biggest things that I've learned over the past, I'd say six months and talking to people about dealing with inflation and investing, um, especially for women. And I'm, I'm sure that you have this on lock, Tina, um, for women an IRA is the most important thing, an individual account, because if, if you, you know, end up getting married someday, whatever your 401k is always going to be subject to getting split down the middle. If God forbid something happens and your IRA is the only thing that you can count on being a hundred percent for you. And it's also just a nice, way to begin your journey in investing because there's a limit on how much money you can put into an IRA annually. So you're not going to get like too crazy with it. Um, there are so many services out there where you can put in what your investing goals look like if you want to be aggressive or um, if, if you rather, you know, keep it really moderate in the beginning to Typically, the younger you are, the more aggressive you want to be, but that's a personal decision for everyone. Um, and these services will give you recommendations. So you don't even necessarily have to be read in on exactly what ETFs to invest in or what stocks to invest in. Um, you can you can kind of automate it if, if that's something that, as if that's what's going to get people in the door and especially women in the door of investing, then it's worth it to get an automated thing that just does it for you. Absolutely. Because it can be really, really intimidating and overwhelming. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy that, you know, and I, I hope I don't sound like I'm kind of beating a dead horse with this repeated thing, but like men just get told about this stuff from like, other guys from such a young age. Um, even my brother is an incredible crypto investor and he just like friends, dads would like tell him about that, you know, and that mm -hmm. 
nobody's friend's dads told me to invest in an IRA. You know what I mean? Like that so didn't happen. Like I happened to interview people who told me to do it. So then I looked up how to do it. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have that in my DNA from growing up very young with living with an investment broker. Sure. But everyone that I've talked to, so many people are Okay, I gotta start an IRA. Which one do I do? How do I do it? What's and, and what, how you explained it? We've had a few financial advisors on. We've had um, financial folk on on mm-hmm. the show, but I love what, how you explained that of the IRA, where it's just for you. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that that nobody can touch. It's just for you. It's a great way to start investing. It's really low pressure, mm-hmm. um, low stakes. You just you kind of just throw a little bit of money in there. You can only put in so much at a time, like yeah. you said. There's a there's a limit. Um, and it's a wonderful way to, to start investing for sure. Yes. Yes. And and just really important for any life events that may happen down the line that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't anticipate now, like, and, you know, I don't want to just like presume that people listening to this plan on getting married or whatever, but like, if you do end up getting married in your life, like you really want to make sure you have that IRA because it's the only investment account that can't get split down the middle if something, you know, wow. were to happen. I'm not, I'm not actually sure I even knew that. I don't even think I knew that. Um, and I have, I, I was shocked when I, we, we have this amazing, um, expert who comes on our show all the time, Marsha Mantel. And we did like a 30 minute interview with her where we basically just talked about prenups and she was like the IRA, man, it's the only thing that they can't touch. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. And you also have a TikTok that went pretty viral about the most important financial decision that you'll ever make. And it's getting married. It's picking who you're going to marry. Right. Is that, yes. if I say I'm really watering it down, but why, no. why is that because of this you're, exact you're, thing? You're absolutely describing it perfectly. Statistically, the most important financial decision you ever make is who you marry. It's not whether or not you go to college, which blew my mind. It's not yeah. what job you get right out of college. It's not, you know, people like to say that the most important raises you get in your life are from your 20s to 30s based on just the data, who you marry is way more important than all those things. Or I should say who you tie your financial future with, right? Um, and and so, yeah, just like having those conversations with your partner as early as possible about everything, I think is so important because it doesn't have, that doesn't have to mean that you marry for money at all, you know? Right. But I think it's, it, it, helpful if from the beginning you guys say to each other how are we going to handle dinners you know Mm -hmm. like um, how are we going to handle travel together you know you make more money than me if you want to go on all these trips are we going to split it 50 50 are we get you know like just making sure that you and your partner feel comfortable talking about all of that is is key yeah it's huge i mean we've heard about it for years and years that money is the main a, a big issue with a lot of relationships. I mean, I'm here. I am single as as can like just chronically single. I'm like, well, so I've heard that like a really big issue with marriages falling apart is it, like I like I know. Yeah, but you're LOL. an iconic queen and you already have your IRA, <laughs> so you like are you know already what? set yeah. up to like not be negatively impacted. That's true. So by I, a partner. Yeah, I am open and and ready for for whatever comes my way. Um, <laughs> okay, Maddie. Before I let you go, I want to ask you a few sort of rapid fire questions and just give me like the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these. Oh my God. Can't wait. Yes. I know. No pressure. No pressure. What is your current nighttime moisturizer? Uh, It's the CeraVe lotion, like the yes. most basic, the PM lotion. It's the best though. Like it, it gets the job done. I'm I'm so relieved to hear you say that because I was like, this is so embarrassing that I'm still not even a little bit this not even a little thing, but yeah. no drugstore stuff is great, especially like uh, CeraVe. I use CeraVe. I use their eye cream. Um, yeah. I use their face wash. I love the face wash. Yes, um, it's so it's good. So good. And it's accessible and affordable. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, what's your go to cocktail? A dirty martini, a dirty filthy dirty vodka martini okay you yeah, yeah. see that's yeah. me and alex too we love it well i like a gin martini if i'm really <gasps> feeling if i'm really feeling frisky 
but like I my can't do gin like I don't know I well it, I shouldn't do gin but I do but I do love a vodka a gray goose I love a dirty gray goose Ooh, oh you're fancy so yes well queen. you know um okay what's the best advice you've ever received um probably that re- rejection is redirection I really like thinking of that phrase because I mean, yeah. so often we think that the hardest moments in our careers are, you know, a game mm-hmm. over thing. And then they end up being the thing that got you, you know, your, your dream in yeah. the end. Yeah. Oh, excellent advice. Um, who's a news anchor that has really inspired you? I mean, I'm truly so obsessed with my co-anchor, Scarlett Fu. She's, I'm obsessed with her, too. She's so incredible. Like, follow her on everything. She's on TikTok. She's on Twitter. Um, a more, like, broad example is Hoda. I'm obsessed with Hoda. I'm obsessed with Hoda. Yes. Like, I love everything about her. Every time she talks about her personal life, I just think she does it with such grace and confidence. And she's one who I feel like has mastered the, like, best friend but still smarter than me anchor vibe totally I completely agree and like I don't think you meet somebody that doesn't like her like I I just you know what I mean like she's like a Dolly Parton of of the news world it's like absolutely no matter where you stand it's like you can't not like Hoda exactly yes exactly exactly she's just so and she asks great questions and she's smart and relatable and I am all around obsessed yeah I love it Maddie where can we find you where can we watch you uh so I'm on TikTok at Maddie Mills um I'm at Twitter at Madison Mills 22 I'm on Instagram at Maddie Mills um and if you want to watch Bloomberg Quick Take uh you can go to bloomberg.com slash qt slash live and see all of our live shows yeah you seriously don't want to miss it especially maddie and scarlet together it's just like a dream team maddie is so fun to watch it's it's just been a, a damn delight having you on today thanks tina this was so fun thank you for letting me do this this was really great thank you so oh much for god, you, you asked f- amazing questions by the way. oh my god okay did i do okay yes uh, <laughs> 12 out of one yes Ama- out of, oh, amazing <laughs> oh my god the, the bars the bar was low okay yeah. so how do you how do i how do you sign off a uh, quick take i don't actually know how you how do you end the show oh my god we usually just say uh, you know we do like I'm Scarlett and I'm Madison Mills from New York. And that's it. Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. Yes. So let's do that. Can you say I'm Madison Mills from New York and then I'm going to do mine? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. I'm Madison Mills from New York. And I'm Tina Scariano from Obsessed with the Best. <laughs> yes, Queen. Oh, you're a dream. I'll see you. I loved that. I'll see you on Friday. <laughs> yes. See you Friday. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Go follow Maddie. She's amazing. And we will talk to you very soon, Maddie. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Tina. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Hosted on dimlywit.com.